Good morning. I'd like to welcome all of you, all of our guests and visitors at the Expanding Light. Welcome to our Sunday service at Ananda Village. It's my joy, along with Nayaswami Devarshi, my name is Latika Perugino. We're so happy to be able to share the wonderful teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda with you this morning. This is a reading from Rays of the One Light, which are weekly commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita by Swami Kriyananda. Oops, I have it in the wrong place. This week, the topic is the importance of soul receptivity. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramhansa Yogananda. Chapter 1 of the Gospel of St. John states, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. This was a passage Paramhansa Yogananda often quoted to his disciples. Be in tune, he would tell them. Delusion can't touch you if you will keep in tune. A few of you will fall, he said once, but it needn't be if you would stay in tune. Of a disciple who became highly advanced, even though she didn't meditate much, he said, she got there by attunement. To one who found meditation difficult, he said, I will meditate for you as long as you stay in tune. Truth is a state of consciousness, not a well-worded definition. It is in that consciousness above all that our lives are transformed. Therefore, the Bhagavad Gita says in the 10th chapter, To those who are ever attached to me, who worship me with love, I impart discernment by means of which they attain me. Out of my love for them, I, the divine within them, set alight in them the radiant lamp of wisdom, thereby dispelling the darkness of their ignorance. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. I'd also like to welcome everyone here on this beautiful winter day in California, but it's like <laughs> spring in California a lot of the time. This reading from Whispers from Eternity by Paramhansa Yogananda, titled Endless Thrills of Delight. I attuned my life with thine. Now my life has become a long, unbroken inspiration. Thy fountain of bliss refreshes and delights me night and day. Whether I be wakeful, fast asleep, or dreaming fondly of thee. Oh, what has become of me? Delight on overwhelming delight, endless indescribable thrills of divine delight spray unceasingly over me. O oh, aged nectar, wine of centuries, I found thee at last, and will taste of thy sweetness forever, forever, forever. Notice that all those wonderful things in that reading started with, 
I attuned my life with thine. And that's the reading today in the topic is the importance of soul receptivity. And I think I will touch first on a little bit about what that means and how to get there and then how to use our soul receptivity. When I was in high school, I had a very good writing teacher. And like many memorable teachers from school, or the few memorable ones, I wouldn't say there was that many, but they tended to be very generous, and they tended to be relatively centered, as this this man was. And one day in the middle of class, the door flew open, and another teacher in the school stormed in, and started shouting and screaming at the top of his lungs at my teacher. And they got into the biggest shouting, screaming match, back and forth. One of them threw a book at the other one. And <laughs> our, the students, our jaws were all kind of hanging down. And then finally the first teacher stormed out of the room, slammed the door shut. And my teacher, very calmly and centeredly, said, and now your assignment today... <laughs> So it was all a setup, although some people had never even realized that, which I'll, which I'll get into. Your assignment is to write a factual news article for the newspaper. And so we spent the next 20 or 30 minutes writing a news article about what we just saw. And it was really both surprising and enlightening when everyone got up to read their article. Nobody could agree on anything that had just happened. And half the people didn't even realize that it was a setup. And here this event, amazingly, it happened right in front of us, this far in front of us. It had happened only moments before. It was using only two senses, sight and hearing. And it showed me that you not only can't get even the truth through the senses, you can't even get the facts straight. (laughs) And this is really, really true. And it describes this reading today about how to get soul receptivity. It's not going to be through the senses. As the reading today said, truth is a state of consciousness. And it doesn't come through words, even if those are the words that the good Lord said in the Holy Bible or the autobiography of a yogi. (laughs) These words can guide us to that state of consciousness. But that's where we really perceive the true natures of our soul. Yogananda took this idea this analogy that he gave, which is really one of the most brilliant ways of expressing this that I've ever heard. He said he was in a movie theater one time. All the carnage in World War II and bodies flying and dead people and you know, shouting and bombs and all this. And he was caught up in just the, the pain of it and the compassion he felt. And then he sort of woke up and realized that there was this beam of light that was just projecting all this stuff on the screen. And he looked back up the beam of light, and he saw that there was a guy in the projection booth sending this light, and that all this sound and commotion and drama was coming from this beam of light from the projector. And he said that this world really is no different. What we see in front of our eyes every day is just a beam of light projected from God, And the way back and the way out is to look back up to that beam of light. He said it's more compelling than a movie because a movie just has two of the senses, sight and hearing. And here we have taste and touch and smell. We also have this delusion that we are all of this stuff. 
and it's very compelling. It's uh, an incredible movie and an incredible drama, and I think everyone in this room could describe the incredible drama and how compelling their life has been in many ways. But Yogananda said, it's just an expression of light from the Creator. And the way back and the way out is always to remember that this is light coming from God, and we must look back to that light and back to the projection booth. And if we follow that beam of light back to its source, and in meditation we start traveling that beam of light back to its source, we merge back into union with God, and we really perceive who and what we really are. The first step in doing that, though, is the meditation techniques, which are very simple. But Yogananda said the first step is that we have to cut off the sense telephones, as he called them. And so he gave us techniques for sitting in the stillness and the silence, where the first thing we do, and this is the most important step in really achieving soul receptivity, is shutting off the senses and going within. And then when we look at the spiritual eye, at the point between the eyebrows, essentially what are we doing? We're looking right back up that beam of light. The yogis teach that we came out through this tunnel of light at the spiritual eye, and that that's how we go out. And so by concentrating on that light, we're looking into this tunnel of light back to our Creator, and by absorbing ourselves in that light, by receiving that light, by eventually merging into it, we merge back into that beam and travel backwards the same route that we took coming out from this great projection booth, which is God. Many other things that we do also, in a sense, help us to look back up at that beam of light. Anytime we have a thought of God, we're looking back into that beam of light and we start traveling in that direction and we start becoming closer to our true selves. Anytime we meditate, anytime we pray, anytime we act and serve selflessly for God, all these things essentially are different tools and ways to remind us of who and what we really are, how to get there, look at the beam of light, and start following that light back to our true home. This is what soul receptivity is. It's not done with the senses. It's entirely done with intuition, which comes through devotion, through receptivity, through stillness. And it also comes, as the reading said today, most importantly, through the aid and the attunement to the guru. And it all comes down to that. You could just say uh, three words, and I could sit down, and it would really explain what this reading was about, which was stay in tune. It's as simple as that. And what that means is simply tuning in to a divine saint, a guru, a master, into their consciousness. And when we do that, again, we're looking back up that beam of light. There's a a great Christian saint that Swami Kriyananda uh, has quoted many times over the years. And I was always intimidated by his name to want to even learn more about him because he just sounded very uh, imposing and very learned, much too learned for me, who tends to think kind of simply. And his name was the very imposing sounding, Simeon, the new theologian. And Swami jokes that he always laughed when he heard that name because he lived years ago, so he wasn't all that new. But you probably should have seen the old theologian <laughs> before him. was must have been really old. But finally, I decided to learn more about him. And it was actually quite interesting because the two main teachings that he taught 
were exactly what I've been talking about. One, soul receptivity in that we must have a direct perception of God and how to do it and the importance of a guru. In fact, he got thrown out of the church because of those two teachings. Luckily, we live in a day and age now where at Ananda, anyways, you can teach the importance of attunement to a guru and direct experience of God, and we won't get sent into exile. Instead, we will actually come closer to God, which is the fruits of a life like that. Simeon had a divine experience when he was a young man. He had an experience of light, and he taught from that experience throughout his life. And in fact, he wasn't even very learned. He didn't go to theological school. And finally, I realized from reading about him that theologian in those days meant someone who actually had direct experience of God, not someone who read about God and waved the Bible and and talked about God from, from just theory. He actually experienced God. And he taught that that's the goal of life and that every single person, it wasn't just for Christ, it's for all of us. We should seek that direct experience of God. Does that sound familiar? He also taught that his own experience of God came through the grace and the blessing of his own teacher. And so every year he would celebrate his teacher with icons in a big ceremony and the public would come. And eventually the church elders started watching his very uh, heretical behavior. In fact, they called him a heretic because he taught that you were supposed to have direct experience of God and because he honored his own guru. And the archbishop finally accused him of heresy, eventually sent him into exile. And Simeon, who had God behind him and not just some words or some books, he called the archbishop a heretic, which you probably know this doesn't end very well when you call your own archbishop a heretic. And he was told that he had to stop doing this yearly celebration for his guru. He said, no, I'm not going to stop doing that. And finally, they sent him into exile, penniless. And in those days, exile, you know, there were some really remote places that they could send you to, (laughs) which they did. And he found this tiny little chapel where he landed and turned out that it was on the land of uh, one of his previous benefactors. And he started another monastery. And finally, probably years after he died, he was honored as a saint. And no one really remembers the person who called him a heretic. But this teaching is universal. It's not our teaching. It's not just what Yogananda taught. It is the way back to truth. It is the way to know and experience truth. It's the way back to God. Is one to understand the importance and how to be soul receptive in meditation, in devotion, and how to apply it, which is through attunement and meditation on and tuning into a divine guru. If you read Autobiography of a Yogi, it's no different. Yogananda taught those same two things. In fact, his own experience of cosmic consciousness came similarly through the blessing of his guru, Sri Yukteswar. And it's through these two basic understandings that we get back to God. Yogananda said something that, he said that the spiritual path, success on the spiritual path, is 25% our effort, 25% is the Guru's effort on our behalf, 50% is the grace of God. Swami Kriyananda qualified this, and I think he must have heard Yogananda say this. He said that even that 50% that is the grace of God, most of that also comes through attunement to the Guru and through the Guru's blessings. 
I teach and share the teachings of Kriya Yoga, which is uh, our spiritual path, and it also uh, describes the most advanced technique on this path. Yet some, a couple years ago, Swami Kriyananda said, techniques, even the most advanced yoga techniques, like Kriya, he said, are secondary to discipleship and attunement to a true guru. That's what takes us back. But these techniques and all these philosophies and all these things that we practice have that purpose of getting us to that point where we can get in tune, stay in tune, because it teaches us to cut off the senses, to go within, to develop intuition, receptivity through devotion. And in the end, it's no heroic effort on our part that gets us to the top of the mountain and you know, screaming our success. And it doesn't work that way on the spiritual path. As I've joked before, if you watch most saints on the spiritual path, they don't cross the finish line with the chariots of fire music in the background, <laughs> their hair flying and screaming across the finish line. They drag themselves across very often. But what they do, really do, is that they get across with the grace of God. And as all the great saints, masters, and yogis teach us, what really changes us in the end is the grace of God. And our part is simply to put us ourselves in position through meditation, through service, through prayer, through intuitive understanding that we are not this play of shadow and light, that we came from this beam by tuning into that beam in many, many ways. By simply offering ourselves into that light, we're transformed. It's the light itself that changes us. This is what the ceremonies that we do are about. The purification ceremony is tuning in to the power of the guru. Open your heart to me and I will enter and take charge of your life. That doesn't mean the guru starts controlling our life. It's just that the light of God starts to enter our hearts and starts transforming us and changing our life. The festival of light is very, very simple. It's just to reclaim our divine heritage as children of light. We came from that light, and now it's time to go back home following that beam of light. And with these practices, but especially with this understanding, that is really very, very simple. Our part is just to put ourselves as often as we can into the grace of God in meditation with devotion, reading the lives of saints, of the gurus, tuning our consciousness to them, and that grace and that light alone will bring us home through no other effort on our part but to do just what this reading today has talked about. So blessings to all of us. Let's take a moment to just absorb this wisdom. And now let's take up our offering. If you take what you'd like to give and place it in your right hand, let's pray together. Divine Mother, Divine Mother, receive this offering. Receive this offering. May it serve as a channel. May it serve as a channel of your light. Of your light to the world. To the world. Om. Om. Peace. Peace. Amen.
will sing Swami Kriyananda's song, Cloisters. If you know it on the, third, on the second time, please join us. <laughs> 